Romans chapter 7, if you would. Romans chapter 7. We are continuing our series that we began. We started last week. Amen. The eternal struggle. The eternal struggle. And um, again, just to kind of reiterate where we're at and where we're going with this message, we recognized that, you know, when we come into the kingdom life, when we get saved, when we're born again, receive salvation, oh, so glorious it is, and what a great life that God has laid out for us, uh, but we also have to uh, recognize that we've just entered the greatest struggle of our lives. And uh, I want to help you discover over the next several weeks how to win in life. Uh, we know that God is victorious. We know that he's overcome the devil. He's overcome sin. He's overcome all evil. Uh, the God, God is not struggling with the devil. And sometimes we see this picture of Jesus and Satan, you know, locked in this battle and, you know, good and evil. And, you know, you've got that good voice on one shoulder and the evil voice on the other shoulder. Uh, but there is no struggle in the spiritual realm. The struggle that we have is with ourselves. We don't have a struggle with Satan. We don't even have a struggle with sin. We're to rule and to dominate over sin. Uh, but the struggle that we have is with who we used to be. We come into the kingdom. We've got this new life. I don't have to talk the same way. I don't have to think the same way. I don't have to respond the same way. I don't have to act the same way. But yet some of those things still creep up. And Paul uh, puts this in words in Romans chapter 7, starting with verse 14. He says this, so the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with who? With who? Me. The trouble is with me. The trouble is with myself. For I am all too human, a slave to sin. You realize that your flesh on the outside is a slave to sin. That means it only wants to do what sin offers. It will only desire what sin portrays. It's only going to go after what all the bad stuff that you used to do. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. So you got to understand here that when he's going through these verses, when he's speaking this, he's identifying specifically to the flesh realm. What is the flesh realm? To your sinful nature. We saw last week that Paul even refers to that as the old man. When you come into the kingdom, everything's made new. But there's still an old nature attached to your new Life And so now your life is dictated by choices and decisions. Do you choose to do what the old man wants or do you choose to do what the new man wants? And so he's identifying here what this old man, what this sinful nature looks like. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do... What I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle in life. 
that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This is the struggle that we're talking about. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. This is how the New Living Translation reads it. And this may sound familiar to your life. This may sound familiar uh, that as we come into the kingdom life, no matter how long you've been saved, there is always a struggle to do what you don't want to do and to not do what you're not supposed to do. There is always this struggle within us, the eternal struggle. And this struggle never goes away, but we can get better at winning this struggle every day. Every day we face the struggle. Every day when we wake up, there's an opportunity to revert back to a former lifestyle. Paul said this, that I have to discipline my body, put it under subjection daily as we're running our race, as we are going in this course that we call the kingdom life. There is always an opportunity to either live right or live wrong. And the Bible outlines this. We saw in the grace series that the word of God is here to show us right from wrong. It reveals it most of the time, especially as a believer, when we're doing wrong, we know that we're doing wrong. I mean, we're not just ignorant of it. We know that man, I just sinned. The Bible tells me. Not to do that. The Bible tells me not to talk that way. The Bible tells me not to react this way. The the Bible tells me not to respond to these people this way. We know there's an identification. There's a revelation in our minds. This isn't right. But how do we overcome that struggle? Are we doomed to fail? Are we doomed to just live a sinful life and we're just sinful people? No, I believe the Bible gives us keys, gives us clues as to how to put down the former way of life, the former way of thinking. And you've got to remember this, that the Bible was not written in chapter and verse. And so when Paul is writing this, and we know that verse 25 is the conclusion of Romans chapter 7, that does not mean it's the conclusion of a thought. So look at how Romans chapter 8 Verse one reads, because I believe he's still talking about the same thing. And now he's going to begin to give clues, begin to show us how to overcome that thought process that he just outlined in 14 through 25. There is therefore. Now, that word, therefore, just to give you a little Bible study tip and a Bible study skill, that word, therefore, is there for a reason. I'll say that again. The word therefore, anytime you see the word therefore, it is there for a reason. That means that you have to look back to what was written before that to understand why it was there. There is therefore, what is he saying? Because of this, 
Now you have this. And what you have to understand about Romans is really beginning with chapter 3 all the way through chapter 7. He's outlining something. He's outlining the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. He's identifying what Jesus did. Starting with Romans chapter 3 and he outlines that we have faith through Christ's work on the cross. His redemptive work that took place in our lives. For all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. But then he talks about how uh, that when Jesus died, we died because of one man's disobedience, sin entered the world. But because of one man's obedience, now righteousness and holiness is available to us. The grace of God and the mercy of God is available to us. So there is therefore, because of what Jesus did through his work on the cross... Now, no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. In Christ. In Christ. And so the answer to the struggle that he just gave, that which I don't want to do, I do it anyways, and the things that I should be doing, I don't do them. The answer to the struggle is you are now in Christ. He keeps going here. He says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. He's just laid out the struggle that we're talking about. Flesh. Versus spirit. We said it real quick last week that when you are born again, your spirit on the inside is made new instantly. Instantaneously. It's not a process over time. It's not something that I'm working on on the inside. Your spirit, man, is made new and that's the real you. The problem is, is we are still wrapped in a flesh suit that wants nothing to do with God. And that's why Paul says uh, that, you know, those things that I desire for in the flesh, they're not godly. They're not the things that I should be going after. And that's why I can't do the things that I know that I should be doing, because my flesh only wants to do what it used to do. It only wants to desire sin. It only wants to cuss when I know I shouldn't cuss. It wants to hate people when I know I should walk in love. It wants to uh, cheat and lie and steal when I know that I shouldn't be doing any of those things. The flesh There's no hope for the flesh. But he identifies here that if you are in Christ, you don't walk. That word can be that word walk can be translated live. We don't live according to the flesh. But according to the spirit, let's look at another location that we have these two words in Christ. Second Corinthians chapter five. And I want to start with 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. This is the verse that we all know. And we're going to kind of work our way back. Because what is that first word in verse 17? What is that first word? Therefore. So that means it is there for a reason. (laughs) Therefore, if anyone is what? In Christ. Say, I am in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All 
old things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But that word, therefore, is there for a reason. So now we've got to go back to verse 16. But I actually want to take you back one more verse to verse 15. Back up to verse 15. And he died for all, Jesus, that those who live should live no longer for themselves. But for him who died for them and rose again. There's another passage in the Bible that reads that I live, no longer do I live, but he lives in me. Who's he? Jesus. Verse 16. What does verse 16 say? Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the what? Flesh. From now on, from when? From the point of salvation. Once I receive uh, God's new life for me, the kingdom life, I no longer regard anyone according to the external, outward appearance. The flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we have known him thus no longer. Now let's look at verse 17. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, since I don't regard anyone according to the flesh any longer, they are in Christ. You are a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things are made new. Now, you got to watch where I'm going with this. Because the struggle that we fight, this eternal struggle, is an identity issue. The number one key to winning the eternal struggle every day begins first with identifying who you are. First begins with identifying who you are. How many of you in this room have a Facebook? Come on, let me see the hands. You don't have to... You have to be. You have to deny it. My hands up. I got a Facebook. I'm in the. I'm in the cool crowd now. I've got a Facebook, and every now and then when I'm on Facebook, um, see, I have access to Facebook on my phone. How many of you use Facebook on your phone? Every hand that just went up earlier. Most people use it on their phone. Most people don't even use it on their computers anymore. It's either a phone or an iPad or something. And every now and then when I'm thumbing through on here, I see something pop up. And what people will do is they'll go, there's a little photo button at the top, and they'll go to the photo button and they'll take a picture of themselves. (laughs) Right? There's a term for it. It's called a what? A selfie. Every now and then people will take selfies of themselves, kind of like this. And I'm trying to get everybody in the, how do I flip this thing around? Here we go. Kind of take it like this. Y'all in there? 
you know, in the shot, and go and cheese got got some smilers in there. Awesome. And then they'll they'll hit the use button, and then they'll say what they're doing. So preaching <laughs> at. And then they'll tag where they're at, you know, give their location at Anchor Faith Church. Are, y- are y'all going to take some selfies? You can... Preaching at Anchor Faith Church on the eternal struggle. Preaching at Anchor Faith Church on the eternal struggle. And then they post it. And it loads. Oh, I forgot to, I forgot one thing. How do I go back to edit it? How can, how can I edit my, I don't know how to use this thing. Somebody help me out. It's updating. I can go to my page, I guess, and see my posts. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so I should be able to edit this because I, I left something off. I can just put it in the comments, I guess. I've already got a like. I've already got one like. Isn't that awesome? But I, I want to add on here, hashtag selfie. Hashtag selfie, because that's a popular hashtag from what I hear. Post. All right. So I just took a selfie of myself and put it out there for everybody to see. When we're talking about the eternal struggle, it begins with who you are. Yourself. The title of my message today is Selfie Struggles. (laughs) Selfie Struggles. Because here's what happens. I can't display an image of myself that I don't know already myself. If I don't know who I am, I'm going to display the wrong individual to you. And see, we've got people that are taking selfies spiritually. Spiritually speaking, they're taking selfies and displaying these things to the world. But the problem is, is they don't know who they really are in Christ. See, your identification, when you come into the kingdom, you're made righteous immediately. But here's what a lot of Christians do. And this is the key to why they're struggling in life and not winning in life. They are still sinning in life instead of winning in life. And here's why. They identify with their former self rather than their new self. They're taking the wrong selfie picture and putting it out there. So every time they talk to people, they talk about their losses rather than their victories. They, they talk about when they are overcome by something rather than how they 
overcome something. They identify with poverty rather than prosperity. They they identify more with depression than they do with peace of mind. They they, uh, identify more with anxiety and fear than they do with the love that casts out all fear. Do you see where I'm going with this? There's a selfie that we need to know. And until we really, truly identify who we are in Christ, you will portray the wrong image every time. Every time. We show everybody our sinful side. Rather than our victorious side. We show everybody the depressed side rather than the one that has joy. We show everybody the the anxious side rather than the one that's got peace of mind. We show everybody the sick side rather than the healed side. And where it starts, where winning in life starts is by identifying who you really are. And this is the part where the church has failed, is we haven't told people who they really are in Christ. Let's look at some more verses here that identify who we are in Christ. Remember in Romans chapter 8, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. See, just being in Christ should allow me to live according to my spirit and no longer according to my flesh anymore. Those fleshly desires, are they still there? Absolutely. Those thoughts, still there? Absolutely. But now I am in somebody else that empowers me to think differently, talk differently, act differently. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians. No, let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Just as he chose us in him, God chose us in him, Jesus, before the foundation of the world, that we should what? Be holy and blameless or without blame before him in love. Not sinful and missing the mark all the time. You know, back when I was growing up, that was the definition of sin, missing the mark. Separation from God. And he says right here that because he chose us in him. I mean, you were chosen to be in Christ before you were ever outside of Christ. You realize that that God had already lined out your life to be in his son Before the foundations of the world, this is where he has appointed you to be in Christ, that we should be holy and without blame. Is that a picture of the church today? No, because we have a church that is identifying more with who we used to be than who we've been made to be. And who we really are. Be holy and blameless. Before him, Ephesians chapter one, verse seven in him, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace, according to that means the power of his grace is the power that has wiped out our sins. Some Christians have made the power of grace, 
the power of God's grace limited because they're still carrying the sin. This tells me that the power of God's grace has the power to remove my sin. All the stuff that I used to do, all the stuff that I have done in my past, it has been wiped away. The slate is clean. Yet we're still carrying around a sinful past that God doesn't even see us attached to anymore. Because he sees us in him. Notice we only have redemption through his blood if we are in him. This is a picture of who we are. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. In him we also have obtained an inheritance. Do you realize that because you're now in Christ, things belong to you? Why are we fighting for things or maybe even pushing things away that God has promised us? It's because we don't identify ourselves as being in him. When I learn that I'm in him, when I learn that my life is in Christ now, there are things that are made available to me. There's an inheritance waiting for me because I'm in him. Because I belong to him. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So because I'm in him, there's things that belong to me that I can now access. Ephesians chapter two, verse 13. Watch this. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. How many of how many Christians act like God is so far away? Does he hear me? Does he know me? Does he have a plan for my life? God, where are you? There is no Christian, no believer that should be saying such words because he's right there. You were far off, but you have been brought near by the blood because you are in Christ. Here's the exciting thing about being in Christ, that you are now identified with whatever you're inside of. That means when God sees you, he doesn't see you anymore. He sees what you're inside of. You are in Christ, in Jesus, in his son. So when he sees you, he sees Jesus. Selfie struggles. We struggle with who we really are. So we struggle in life because we're still identifying with our old life. Every area that you struggle with in your life and you still identify with the old self, you won't be victorious. If you still identify with the depressed person you used to be, you won't be victorious in your mind and with joy. If you still struggle with a poverty-stricken life and never having enough and barely making it and, and going week to week and every other paycheck to paycheck and we just never have enough and there's never any extra and then we can't bless anybody else. We don't have anything to give away because we can barely take care of it. If you still identify with that life, then you won't be victorious in your finances. Every area that you identify with your old self you're losing in life rather than winning in life. And it's not God's fault. 
It's not the devil's fault. It's our fault. It's our fault. We're taking selfies of ourselves that are not who we really are. And so we're portraying an image to the world that isn't even who we really are anymore. We're putting an image out to people. We're taking selfies of ourselves that aren't even really the identity of who we really are in Christ. In Christ. We need to quit taking pictures of ourselves based upon who we used to be. And we need to start taking pictures of ourselves of who God made us to be. See, God has already taken a picture of you. God isn't mapping out your life as you're living it. Do you realize that? God's not up there going, I wonder what they're going to do tomorrow. I wonder who they're going to impact. I wonder. No, your life is mapped out. The picture's been taken. You don't even have to take a selfie. He's taking it for you. Those are always better. There's a guy that I follow on Instagram. He must be a real popular guy because he's got tons of pictures of himself on there. But he didn't take them. He's got pictures of himself like on the side of a mountain just looking out. It's like, who is holding the camera? (laughs) Did you just stop someone and say, hey, take a picture of me real quick? Because I don't like to take... Because everybody else is doing this off the side of the mountain. And he's got someone else doing it where he can just do the full pose and everything. I mean, he's, he's gotten past the selfie. He's letting other people, I don't know if he brings, I don't know if he's hired a cameraman to live life with him. I mean, I don't know. That's awesome. I'm going to be like that guy. I want to be, I want to live the life where God is taking pictures of me and I'm showing the world the picture that God took. Your life is mapped out. He's already taken your picture. Now it's our job to find out what that picture looks like and live that out. And there's something that we all have in our lives that can give us a clear image of who we are every time. There's one right on that wall. It's called a mirror. And when you look in that mirror, it shows you who you are. See, if I'm not looking in a mirror right now, I can have an idea of what my hair looks like or, you know, if my clothes are all right. Or, But when I get in the mirror, there's no arguing with the mirror. If it says there's something on my face, oh, that's not there. There's, I don't have tomato sauce on my face. It's, it's lying. No, it's clear. You can't miss it. And so in James chapter 1, I want to read this in the New King James. It says this, for any, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. The word of God is my mirror. What does that mean? It will show me who I am. 
if I can get in front of this, it will show me who I really am, what I really look like, what I really have, what I really possess, what's really available to me. This word is my mirror. But if I'm a hearer and, a, and not a doer, I'm like a man who observes his face in the natural mirror. Go to the next verse. He goes away. He observes himself. He goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Guys, I can preach this to you every Sunday for the rest of the year and tell you who you are in Christ. Tell you what's available. Tell you what you possess. But until you put application to the words that are spoken and the words that are read, you are a person that's walking out of there and you are forgetting what really belongs to you. And that's why you start living in depression again. That's why you start living like a, a poverty-stricken person again. That's why you start acting like no, nobody likes you and nobody loves you and, and I don't have a purpose and, and, and I can't ever make it and I'm never going to overcome. You get out there because you're not applying what's in here. And we're not winning in life. I don't want you to just win on Sundays. Everybody wins on Sundays. I remember going to church as a teenager. And, you know, I had issues, whatever issues teenagers have, you know. Definitely not the same stuff that I have today. But you're dealing with stuff and there's, there's struggles. There's things you're trying to overcome. And I go to church because, hey, you go to church, man. Well, I, I, have, I don't know what people do on Wednesday nights. We were talking about that the other night. I don't even know what shows are on TV. or I, I, Since I was a baby, Sunday, Wednesday, and if it, that was the minimum. That's all I knew was you're in church. That's what you do. I'd go to church and know that there's things, things would be revealed, things that I was struggling with, things that I was dealing with, things that I knew I wasn't doing right, and things I knew that I should be doing that I wasn't doing, and, and things that I... Shouldn't be doing, I mean, just daily life. But I get in here. Man, you feel so strong. You feel so pumped up. You're like, man, I'm never going to deal with that again. You, you think you're just going to go home and you're going to read your Bible, you know, till midnight. I'm going to fall asleep on my bed reading my Bible. I mean, I'm just so, I'm going to win. I'm going to beat this thing. And you get to your car and you're already griping and complaining about the same stuff you were dealing with before you walked in the door. Everybody wins in here. Everybody feels victorious in here. Why? Because God is here, for one. Who can be against me? I mean, we quote those verses in here, and it's all powerful. You're among godly fellowship. You're among brethren. You're among believers that are going through stuff just like you, but are overcoming and winning, and, and you got all this encouragement. But it's getting out. I mean, it's real easy to look good when we're in the mirror. But then we walk away and we forget what we look like in the mirror. No, this is where we come and it's revealed to us. The word reveals to us. But look, you don't need to look in the mirror just once a week. I know none of you look in the mirror once a week. 
especially you women. You probably already looked in the mirror 1,800 times today. (laughs) Nobody looks in a mirror once or twice a week. Just checking out, making sure everything's there. No, what is that? A daily process. Why? I want to continue to identify what needs to be corrected, what's out of place, and remind myself what I have. This word will reveal to you areas that need to come into alignment. Don't get mad at the Bible when it tells you that you're wrong. (laughs) Just change it. And then this Bible will show you promises and blessings that belong to you that are yours. And then you can remind, man, I shouldn't be thinking like that. I can think like this. I shouldn't be struggling with that. I'm overcome. I'm an overcomer. I rule and reign over sin. I dominate sin. That doesn't control me. The devil doesn't have a hold on me. He's under my feet. I'm seated in heavenly places with Jesus. Sickness doesn't have any authority in my body. Man, I need to look in the mirror more often. When I look in the mirror, I don't see a person that's being dominated by sickness and disease. I see a person that can rule and reign over sickness and disease. Therefore, I can win in life because I'm keeping myself in front of the mirror and then doing what the mirror tells me to do. If it tells me I have tomato sauce on my face, then I wash my face off. I get it off of my face. I don't leave it there and act like I don't. I don't, I don't have an, a, a, an issue with smoking. But smoking doesn't bother me. But the mirror tells you you have a smoking problem. You're addicted to cigarettes. No, I, I, I don't have it. it. It doesn't control me. I'm not addicted. I can stop anytime I want. Right? Now you looked in the mirror and then you walked away and you were a forgetful here. You forgot what you just saw. It told you you had tomato sauce on your chin and you walked away. I don't have tomato sauce on my chin. And other people say, man, you're, you got tomato sauce on your chin. Man, no, I can quit anytime I want. Okay, but it's there. You want me to help you get it off? No, we've got to get in front of the mirror. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and what continues in it, that means do what it shows you. And is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Translation, you will win in life. You'll win in life. You will win and overcome in the eternal struggle. On a daily basis. Look at how it reads in the New Living Translation. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. We've got to identify, not with who we used to be, but with who we are. Most believers can't identify with who they are because they don't know who they are. So they can't portray who they are. We're revealing to the world 
a church that looks just as weak as the world. Because we don't realize we have access to something different. A lot of Christians are just sitting around waiting for heaven. And that is not the picture. If they were to look in the mirror, if they were to get in here and thoroughly look, they would find out, I shouldn't just be waiting for heaven. Sickness doesn't have control over me. This thing shouldn't rule over me. I shouldn't have this addiction. I shouldn't have to just talk this way. I should be able to put these things down because the Bible tells me something different. This mirror that I'm looking at reveals to me who I really am. Then I can go and I can take a selfie and show that to the world and they'll see, wow, they look really good. They've, how many people have taken a selfie and someone's, complimented them on it and said, how did you do that? How did you do your hair that? Where did you get that outfit? That looks really good on you. Mostly girls. Guys are looking down. Like, I don't even take selfies. Yeah. Because the world's going to look at your picture and they're going to say, how did you get that way? How did you do that? How did, how did you get rid of that thing? You used to have this all the time, but how'd you get rid of that? The world is going to see you the way God sees you because you see you the way God sees you. See, it's all about perspective. It's all about focus. You've heard me say it before. Uh, You know, the the, the word that we preach in this church is it's not a word that denies that there's a sinful nature. I'm revealing to you there's a sinful nature. The first step to curing a problem is recognizing and acknowledging that I have a problem. And I'm not denying the fact that there's a sinful nature. I'm not denying the fact that you that there's addictions that you're battling and habits that you're struggling with. What I am telling you to do is to identify with the one on the inside that's been made new. Old things have been passed away. All things are new. Identify with the new you. And overcome every time. Identify with who God has made you to be, who he destined you and predestined you to be. Before the foundation of the world, you were chosen in him. This is not something that we have to lose on a daily basis. You're only a failure if you quit. So many people struggle with the fact that because I failed, I am a failure. Failing doesn't equal failure. Quitting equals failure. When you give up, when you shut down, when you decide, I'm not going on anymore. I know what the Bible says, but I just that's just too hard. I, I can't believe all that stuff. I can't live all that stuff. This thing just rules. No, but when you get yourself together, you look in the mirror, and then you do what the mirror tells you to do, and you remember what was spoken and not become a forgetful hearer, then you will be victorious in life. I am more than an overcomer. If, uh, if God is for me, then who can be against me? 
Sin will not rule and dominate over my life. He has made me to reign in life as kings. I am a king. I am a queen. I'm a child of God. Sickness doesn't have any uh, business being in my body. The, The devil can't attack me like this. And the second you step up, he has to step down. There's no other way. The Bible tells me if I submit to God and I resist the devil, he will flee. Run in terror in the opposite direction from me. But it all begins with how I see myself. It all begins how I view myself. Do I still have an earthly, external perspective? Or do I have God's perspective? Back there in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16, Paul said, No longer, no longer do we regard man by his outward, fleshly, external appearance. If you are still regarding yourself based upon who you used to be, based upon what you do or even what you have done, we've got to learn who we are now. There's a new life that's struggling with the old life. But I'll tell you right now, if you get an identity switch of who you really are, that old life won't dominate you anymore. That old life won't rule over you anymore. You identify with the new life and you start to live the new life. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning. That you have given us new life in Christ. All things have been passed away. Behold, all things become new. But Father, there are still issues that we struggle with. There's an eternal struggle. But Father, I pray that we gain a greater revelation of who we are in Christ. As we spend more time in your word, as we spend more time standing in front of the mirror, we can learn who we really are so we can reveal who we really are. Father, we know that you've called us to be an answer to this world. We know that you've called us to be an answer to the problems that are in this world right now. But Father, we have to deal with the problem that we have within us and that lies in our identity. But we commit ourselves this morning. No longer will will we be forgetful hearers. No longer will we look in the mirror and then deny what the mirror shows us, but we will change, correct, and live according to what the mirror shows us. We will take on your perspective, not this world's perspective. Even when other people don't see it, we're still going to go by what you say. Even when our family members don't see it, we're still going to live according to what your word says. Even when our friends don't see it, even when they still see someone that messes up and slips and fails, we're still going to live according to what your word says, because your word is more true. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We thank you for this this morning in Jesus name. Amen.
Amen. Hallelujah.